Hey listeners, this is Ben, the Amateur Exegete, and you're listening to episode 14 of Bible Study for Amateurs. Today's episode is An Amateur's Toolbox, The Jewish Annotated Apocrypha. If you grew up in a Baptist, Methodist, Presbyterian, or otherwise non-Catholic context, you may be unfamiliar with a whole swath of ancient Jewish literature, often referred to as the Apocrypha. The word Apocrypha literally means something like hidden, and has been used to describe various texts that one may find in some versions of the biblical canon, but not others. When speaking of the Apocrypha, often scholars are thinking of a specific collection of books that are found in Christian canons, but not the Jewish one. Texts like Tobit, 1 Maccabees, Bell and the Dragon, 2 Esdras, and more. What is interesting about these texts is that while the Jewish canon consciously refuses to admit these writings into their corpus, most of them were written by Jews. Last time I introduced the first of a trio of volumes that have a decidedly Jewish outlook to them. The first was the Jewish Study Bible, a work that covers the 24 books of the Hebrew Bible, or 39 if you're a Christian. Today I want to talk about a work that covers the apocryphal books I mentioned a minute ago, the Jewish Annotated Apocrypha. Edited by Jonathan Clowens and Lawrence Wills, and based upon the New Revised Standard Version, the Jewish Annotated Apocrypha was put out by Oxford University Press in 2020, and, like its predecessor, the Jewish Annotated New Testament, which we will talk about next week, it features excellent introductions, notes, and articles to aid readers in their attempt to grasp the historical significance of the Apocrypha. One of the things that distinguishes the Jewish Annotated Apocrypha from the version of the Apocrypha you'll find in the HarperCollins Study Bible or the New Oxford Annotated Bible is that because it is a Jewish analysis, it both subtracts and adds to the apocryphal texts. For example, the book of 2nd Esdras found in the HarperCollins Study Bible is a composite work. The first two chapters are known as 5th Ezra, Chapters 3 to 14 are known as 4th Ezra, and chapters 15 to 16 are known as 6th Ezra. Because scholars think 5th and 6th Ezra were written by Christians, the Jewish annotated apocrypha omits them, focusing instead on 4th Ezra. Additionally, you'll also find that the first apocryphal book in the Jewish annotated apocrypha isn't Tobit, as it is in many editions of the apocrypha. Instead, it is the illuminating and entertaining book of Jubilees. Most standard editions of the Apocrypha omit Jubilees because only one sect of Christianity accepts it as canonical, the Ethiopian Orthodox Church. Let's move on to the introductions. In her introduction to Tobit, 
Naomi Jacobs covers the book's contents and structure, authorship and date of composition, literary history, and its relationship to Judaism generally. It is the last section that is perhaps what sets the Jewish annotated Apocrypha apart from other study Bibles. In the introduction to each book of the Apocrypha, you'll find a section about that book's relationship to Judaism. Often, it includes information about how rabbinic authors received the text and used it in their own writing and thinking. Functionally, this section serves as a Jewish reception history. What about the notes? Like what you find in the Jewish study Bible, the notes cover both sections and, at times, individual verses. And, for those of us less familiar with the Apocrypha, they are very helpful. For example, in The Wisdom of Solomon, the author opens by saying, I also am mortal, like everyone else, a descendant of the first-formed child of the earth, and in the womb of a mother I was molded into flesh within the period of ten months, compacted with blood, from the seed of a man, and the pleasure of marriage. A couple of things stand out here. The first is the phrase, within the period of ten months. This seems odd. It's common knowledge that pregnancies generally last nine months, not ten. But in the notes for this section, written by Matthew Krauss, we are informed that the months referred to are lunar months. Since lunar months are shorter than modern months, it makes sense that pregnancy would last for ten rather than nine of them. Another phrase stands out, compacted with blood. In the introduction to the Wisdom of Solomon, Krauss posits that the work was written in Alexandria, Egypt. And so, in the notes for this section he writes, Medical knowledge in Alexandria was extensive. According to Hippocratic writings, maternal blood flows to the fetus where it coagulates to form flesh. In other words, it's possible that the author of the Wisdom of Solomon was drawing on medical knowledge from his time. To close the Jewish Annotated Apocrypha is a nearly 130-page section with two dozen essays written by scholars. There's an essay on the Hellenistic period written by Paul Kosman, one on ancient Jewish sectarianism by Albert Baumgarten, a piece on the canon by Annette Yoshiko Reed, an article on the Apocrypha's influence on rabbinic literature by Noah Bicart and Christine Hayes, and so many more. Following these essays, you'll find a list of primary sources, as well as a glossary and an index. This book has everything. Coupled with the notes in the HarperCollins Study Bible and the new Oxford Annotated Bible, the Jewish Annotated Apocrypha makes a worthy and perhaps indispensable companion for readers who want to know more about these oft-neglected texts. Containing some of the most up-to-date research on the Apocrypha, it is a study Bible that every serious student of the biblical texts needs on their shelf. That's all the time we've got this week. See you next time. And remember, in the words of Richard Elliott Friedman, one does not need to deny what is troubling about the Bible in order to pay respect to what is heartening. Thanks for listening. <laughs>